guys, welcome to the Vantage Point. We're excited to dive into a pretty heavy topic today, uh, but certainly a topic that we need to address. And for that, we're excited to welcome our guest, Dr. Jimmy Carter. It's good to be here, man. Always, yeah. always good to drop in on the student ministry team. You guys are some of my favorite people on staff, and any time I get to come uh, hang out with you is okay. stop uh, it. It's it's yeah, uh, it's an, it's an honor. Yeah, and of course, I am Jake, student pastor here, and this is Brody Hello. Thomas. He is over God's Discipleship, and so today we're going to be talking about depression, which again, has been a pretty heavy topic, and really in recent, probably the last 10 years, has a lot of awareness has come about that. And so for those who maybe don't know as much, whether you're a student watching this, whether you're a parent watching or listening to this, what is depression? How do we categorize that? And so for that question, Jimmy, I'd turn to you, like if you were to say, Man, give me a, just a simple overview. This is what depression is. How would you go about even explaining that? Yeah, I'm, for me, it's what is the difference between just a season of prolonged sadness that, that every human being experiences and depression? And I think for me, the, the demarcation is with prolonged sadness, people would tell you like they know it's seasonal and they, they know the cause of why they're sad. And they, they believe that with time, the sadness will, will break and happiness will come back, joy will come back. With depression, oftentimes people who experience can't put their finger on why, and even, or sometimes they can, but many times they would even, you would even hear them say, I shouldn't be feeling this way, and there's no end in sight. So it's the mm -hmm. origins are, are more difficult to, to understand. And I think with depression, it becomes more physiological it, it's experienced more in, in their bones and throughout their body. Um, so I think that's dep depression would be a, a, a season of um, prolonged sadness that its origins are unclear and it seems like there's no end to it and there's nothing they can do to, to make things better. Yeah, I love that response. So like in my head, when you're even saying that, I go to the comparison between like seasonal depression, which people say during the winter months where everything's gray, you can't be outside, you're not yeah. getting your vitamin D, you're not necessarily around as many people, you can experience a depression, but that's, that's circumstantial, that's not necessarily, like you know the origins of that, right? As opposed to uh, when you're walking through depression, you don't, finding the root of that, finding the origin of that, that's, it's not necessarily always clear, right? Yeah. Would you, is that a good comparison or? I think it is. I think um, even the emotions of depression, I think vary from, from seasonal, you know, sadness. And even with like the seasons, there's things we can do. We can, we can get lighting. We know it's, we know summer's coming. Yeah. Um, versus being in a depressed state where again, there's nothing anyone can do seemingly to alleviate the pain. And really that's the word that it, interestingly you would think, well, sadness or grief, but pain is the word that so many counselees and church members and people that family members would use it's just it's it's just unending pain and and this idea that this is not there's nothing i can do to get out of this mm. yeah so jimmy you are the the most seasoned vet in this room as far as age uh it actually whoa, whoa, ironically whoa. enough no. <laughs> ironically enough it goes from youngest to my right uh and then as we progress to uh, more mature i didn't plan that 
So, sure. Uh, Brody did actually place us, by the way. I tried to sit there, and he told me that I couldn't. No, I did not say that Apparently at he's all. he's in charge. I did Jimmy not. tried to sit there. Nope, you're not sitting there. That was there. not so at here all. Here we are. You know? and it's, all, it's, it's also interesting how level of fitness is like the same, you know, but, but opposite. Like, it's, you know, we get older, but we get less fit as we go down mm -hmm. the other That's side. Right. Of the, That's absolutely of the, right. Yeah. Dang. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I'm going to be depressed while I sit over here now uh, as I think about... <laughs> <laughs> no, we know the origin of that. Yeah, um, no, but I would also say the the looks, like the 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 physical appearance, also gets better as you go down the couch. Oh, there you so, go. There uh, you go. Look at that. It's back now, guys. Yeah, We're <laughs> good. It's just an emotional roller coaster over on this end. So anyway, bring it back full circle here. What I was asking was, have you noticed a change? Like obviously, the conversation around uh, mental health awareness has has certainly picked up and increased in the last ten years. Have you seen um, a rise in people who've like said, "I'm experiencing depression" or I, "I'm struggling with depression"? Has that changed, or do you think it's always been there? Is there anything that would attribute to those changes that you can think of? Or? Yeah. So I th even like going back to 1969 and Jay Adams when he wrote "Competent to Counsel." In the 60s, his big argument was that soul care was being exported out of the church, primarily because only weird people struggled with mental illness. Mm. Um, it's really, really sad when you look back in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, faithful counseling meant the pastor just dished someone off to some secular resource for soul care, for depression or anxiety or mental breakdowns or panic attacks or any of that stuff. Um, and uh, so Adams made this argument that we should not put people into this category uh, like there's something abnormal or weird about them because the Bible is pregnant with concepts of depression. You think about David in Psalm 42, whose mm. tears was his, you know, his night and day, my, my tears have become my food, or the prophet Jeremiah, or um, just a number of different places. Uh, Jesus experienced tremendous grief himself in the Garden of Gethsemane. So I think what you saw in the, in the 60s and 70s, it was taboo to even talk about marital problems or anxiety and certainly depression because there was something wrong with your faith. You were, you were less than faithful. You weren't praying enough. You didn't read your Bible enough. You weren't Because if you were, you wouldn't have these problems. Mm. I think in the 80s and 90s, you began to see with the Christian counseling movement, a normalization of, wait a minute, this is just like bread and butter, what it means to be a human being in a fallen world. And it became easier to talk about, um, you know, mental health problems. So I would say it's definitely gotten better in terms of people having resources, churches, you know, you've seen the creation of the biblical counseling movement and Christian counseling centers within churches. So I think there's been this beautiful coming back to the scriptures and and um, normalizing brokenness on levels of the emotions that maybe was not uh, an option in the 1960s and 70s. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I think that's absolutely true. Yeah, that's you cool. know, when we start talking about depression, we start talking about, I, I love the term that you use, soul care, and, and how that is, you know, a part of our everyday walk as, as humans. Like, you mm -hmm. need to have things to address uh, these pains, which again, I, I love how you walk through depression. People, you know, really qualify that as pain. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. It's not always just this emotional like sadness. It's, it, it is a pain. Uh, I think our next step would be, okay, so we, if, we, if we know what depression is, if we know, you know, some of the history behind it, how do we even process and walk through as followers of Jesus? Because that's primarily who's listening to this. Or if you're not a follower of Jesus, this is this is a possible 
um, address to this. How does our walk with Christ, how does uh, Scripture, how does that come to help in the healing process of someone who's walking through depression? Or, or how can we turn, if we're walking through depression, how can we turn to the Lord? Because we're not always going to want to turn to the Lord in these situations. Yeah. You know, Sometimes we're going to be mad at God because we're feeling certain ways. Yeah, I think even even before running to what do we what do we do with this? I think just to pause for a moment and just to acknowledge the complexity uh of of either experiencing depression ourselves or having loving family members cuz here's like the here here's the challenge. If it's a child, say it's your 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 child is experiencing depression or it's your spouse that's experiencing depression, there is absolutely at times nothing that we can do to help that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Carrie was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer in 2023, 2020 we started this battle. 2023 it had progressed, and God can do anything. We're all we're all terminal in some sense, but to watch my wife go through a season of depression, and for like, like I'm Jimmy Carter, right? So you know. I, if anybody can pull their spouse out of this depression, I can. Be guys, a <laughs> I just couldn't. Yeah, um, I couldn't as her. You know, she doesn't need me as a counselor. She had loving counsel, even as her loving husband. And that was so. For those people that have people they love and care about who are experiencing depression, it is so freaking hard. Yeah, because you love them so much, and and you would do anything in the world. And from your perspective. Like they, they shouldn't be depressed. Like they're like, you shouldn't feel this way because of how loved you are, because of how much we have, because of how blessed we are. We've all been on short-term mission trips. Like, you know, we all know that James four life's a vapor. Like we have our theology. So the first thing is just to, for people that are experiencing depression themselves and people that have friends or family that are going through this guys, it's just, it, there are no words to describe how hard and, and how difficult it is. And on the flip side of like, I'm trying to encourage that person, you can't even get into arguments. Like, mm-hmm. why are you like, could you just snap out of this? Because that you're only adding a layer uh, to a person who doesn't need help feeling bad. Yeah. So it's this catch 22. Yeah. I can't be on my A game and help. And I can't even get mad, which feels good. Uh, and like, cause I'm getting frustrated over here too, as your mom or as your dad, or as your, you know, as your loved one, as your spouse or as your friend. And it's just above our pay grade, um, which, you know, and it's the complexity of, is this, is this relational? Is this emotional? Is this physiological? Do you need, do you need the Holy spirit? Do you need a medication? Like it's just this, it's the mystery of where, the body and the soul come together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So y'all, it's just, a, it's just above our pay grade many, many days as those who experience it ourselves as, or as those um, who are going through that. So I'm going to pause for reflection there. We can get to like, what do we, what do, we do with that? But any, yeah. any just rejoinders in terms of how challenging it's been? Maybe you've, ex- you've had a taste of this yourself or someone that you care about that's, that's gone through yeah, I think I think that's key. That and and I I like even again that term of the complexities that surround it because just we're all wired a specific way. I'm wired to be a fixer. Like I, that's just who I am. That's what I like to do. My personality. I, I see a problem. I want to fix it. And there are some things in life that you just can't fix, right? I mean, that's you also can't control other people. 
as much as we wish we could. You can't control how people feel. You can't control how people respond. Mm -hmm. You can't control other people's circumstances. Yeah. And fixers, as one myself, you know, that's a hard thing for me. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you're right, even in, in, in sometimes if like, you know, how can you not see this? How can you not see the answer? It's right in front of you. Well, that does nothing good but just increase shame. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to do that. So again, I, I think it is key to say we want to provide opportunities to, to say, hey, if you're walking through this, here are helpful things. But you may not be able to access those things. And they may not also have, you know, the same solution or the same outworking. Yeah. And that, that, that's key. You know, I have several brothers who, you know, uh, we've talked about it before, but my past is just very uh, sure. littered with tons of difficulty. And I have brothers who have taken their life yeah. because of depression uh, and just not being able to find a way out of it. I have brothers who currently right now are walking through depression. Like it's just a part of their DNA. It's a part of who they are. Mm. And for me, mm. I've had conversations with them. I've tried to walk alongside with them, but we're all in different stages of our life. We're definitely in different stages of our spiritual uh, state. Yeah. And I think the key word there of you've got to be able to understand the complexities and not be, you cannot be a fix it. That, that's a good word, I think. Yeah. And I, I think too, it's a great reminder. No one, no one is immune to depression. Um, one of the godliest men that I had interacted with in the early 2000s was Petros Roca, who was a pastor at Takes Free Presbyterian. And he suffered from clinical depression. The elders knew it. They were doing everything they could to try and help him. And eventually he, he went, into, went into the gorge and took his life. And it was extremely hard for past, you know, staff, friends, um, people that knew of him. And I think, so for our moms and dads and for, you know, for students that may have like seen, oh my gosh, Jake's talking about depression like it's really hard like and if you don't if you as a friend or as a parent like if why people take their lives like you know blaise pascal said we all we, we always do what we we think will bring us the most happiness mm -hmm. that's it like they want out of pain and, yeah. and in their minds like that is that is the thing that will bring them most pain so i think before getting to the you know diagnosing the the, the mystery between the body and the soul we just want to collectively say, like, it's just really hard. And if you're experiencing that, like, I get it to see my bride walk through this. It's just, it's super hard. And I think the net, like, f f after acknowledging, like, <laughs> let's have compassion is, okay, is this, is this a body issue, like, that we need to throw medication at? Or is this a spiritual issue that we need to come alongside and bring Jesus into? Yeah, well, what I was going to say is, I so my freshman year of college was probably the darkest part of my life, and specifically, I walked through depression. I lost 15 pounds. It, like, I remember just the world feeling gray. Like, that's kind of how I described it to people, is like, when you go through that season, you just, it's hard to find happiness. Um, but one cool thing that I tell people is, one, my walk with Jesus was, it actually deepened through that season. Because I felt more of a reliance to, okay, well, if I can't get joy from everything else the world is giving me and offering me, like, for example, pornography or going to concerts, going out with friends, like mm -hmm. looking for a great job that I love because I didn't like my job. I didn't like my friends. I didn't like my school. Um, the, the joy of the Lord was the only thing that was able to give me a little bit of a glimpse of, okay, I can get out of this. There's hope. And I just want to say it's hard to be in that position because I know that oftentimes 
because we, we confuse God with emotions and feelings. And when we don't feel happy, we think, oh, well, God doesn't care about me. That's not true. Um, I think a lot of times in our darkest moments, God can speak the loudest. And for me in that season, that was one of the coolest things was I felt closer to the Lord than I really did in my whole life. And I learned a lot. And that eventually helped me take the steps to get back to health, to, to get there again. Yeah. Uh, I never had the p- thought of taking my own life. I, you know, that's something I can't really relate with. Yeah. Um, so I imagine that's, that's probably even more difficult when you're in that situation. But uh, for me, it was, it really was by the spirit of God and by people around me who spoke life into me, uh, wise people, loving people. Well, I think that goes back to Jimmy's question of is how do you even, and I would ask you, Jimmy, how do you determine is this something that's maybe clinical or is this something that's mm-hmm. spiritual? Is this body, is this soul? Like, yeah. how would you even approach that? Mike, Mike Imlet wrote a, a really helpful little book called Prescriptions and Descriptions, and he talks about the Goldilocks principle where we can be too warm or too cold towards uh, the sort of the medical approach to, diagno- to, to um, depression and different mental illnesses. And, um, and I think that's true. I think if you look in the 1990s, the, the culture was way too warm towards the pharmaceutical model. And a lot of that was driven by pharmaceutical advertising. There was an article uh, a few years back in the Atlantic that sort of debunked this sort of chemical imbalance theory that we function by forever and ever. And the idea was that your serotonin, which is the neurotransmitter that's responsible for euphoria and joy, is off. And so what you need is you need to take a drug, Zoloft or Prozac or Trazodone or Boost Bar, that would boost or allow more serotonin to be taken up. And so, uh, but it was completely, uh, they couldn't recreate the same experience for the same people. And it was just sort of like throwing darts. So in 2020, when Carrie was first diagnosed and she went through her first craniotomy and she came out, it was like it, we had very loving people that were just throwing all kinds of things at her to try and make them stick. Mm. And the danger in that is you can overstimulate serotonin and all of a sudden you have a lot of side effects that are even worse than the depression. Night terrors, just mm. nausea, vomiting, the whole nine yards. I think we can also be too cold towards the science and we can say, well, we just need, to, we just need Jesus and that's enough. And I think that's um, that's a, that's just as dangerous because you have people like my wife that have, I mean, bless her heart, like she's she's been through two brain surgeries now. There's neural circuitry that has definitely been compromised, and there's absolutely a a physiological component to the different emotions that she's experiencing. At the same time, everything's spiritual. Mm. No matter what we go through. Uh, when you have a knee replacement, <laughs> when you get a splinter in your big toe, it's, it's, all, it's always spiritual because it's always processed through the heart, and we either respond in a way that <laughs> is conforming to, the, to our Lord, uh, or we say things that is at odds with what Scripture would have us say. Um, so I think, it's, again, it's, were there certain idols in your life, Brody, that failed you mm, oh yeah. in college yeah. that led to this season of sadness. Well, I think Carrie yeah. would say the same thing. Like along with um, dealing with you know brain surgery and this the terror of cancer was if I'm just a good person and if I just take care of my body and if I do the right things, then good things are going to happen to me, right? This sort of unbiblical good things happen to good boys and good girls. 
which is at odds with life in a fallen world. So it's layered, Jake. Like I think, I think it's like a, for some people, it's like a, it's like going uh, to the ocean. You know, we've all been captivated by this submarine that went down to the Titanic and imploded. Yeah. <laughs> but before people could even like go and investigate, like they had to wait for the waters to calm before they could even get, get people down there. And I think medication that stimulates serotonin can work that way. Sometimes men and women do need, a, you know, forms of medication so that they can even begin to have conversations about maybe some idols that have failed them. And so I do think it's, it is, depression is always um, multifaceted uh, as we're kind of sticking with like the diagnosis and we'll get to like, how do we make things better? But I think it's, it's, a, it's the mystery of the mind and the body we're embodied souls in this life and, and, our, and we're groaning. Like we, we're, we, we start dying from the, the moment we take our first breath. And it's this, this relationship between, you know, the mind and the heart. And I think it works together. And I think the best physicians that we've experienced with who are believers understand that. I think though those who have been irresponsible at times have been people that loved us and just wanted to try and make things better that prescribe things without having meaningful conversation as to yeah. what could be what could be at the heart. I, I think that that's incredibly helpful. And I think that's even helpful for us to understand as we process and those listening. I mean, because again, you know, you're going to be more qualified to speak into this. But this is also, to some degree, we, we only know what we know. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what we don't know. And sometimes I think, again, you know, I have this propensity, you know, I want to, you know, it's just the, the, the fixer or whatever. I, you want to try to know what you can't know sometimes. And uh, there's good in that because that's, that's what leads to discovery. Yeah. But also there can be damage in that. And so I do think it is important to have uh, a pause and, and a realization of, man, before we even start talking about what do we do with this, mm-hmm. you know, you, you've got to have compassion. You've got to have sympathy. You've got to have grace. You've also got to have composure mm-hmm. yeah. as you approach it. And um, again, you know, I'm, I'm not the best of always approaching things with, with composure and, 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 you know, sometimes you run into things. So, um, anyway. Well, it's gotta be hard when you're on the outside looking in, like yeah, when you're not the one sitting, like kind of what you were saying, when you're not the one sitting in the seat of, oh, I'm depressed. Yeah. Well, I've never thought of it as pain either. Oh yeah. No, I mean, like that was a good word. I've yeah. never thought of it as pain because I think I've, I don't, I, I, I can't say that I've ever dealt with depression I've, I've certainly dealt with seasons of sadness or seasons of difficulty but i've never dealt with this pain i've, I've dealt with discontentment right and, yeah. that, and that's i mean that there's a spiritual element to discontentment as well um uh so so if you've never dealt with this when you start talking about it when you start looking into it there are things that you need to be aware of which is where i think that's a huge benefit you would even bring that up in this conversation because uh, for some of our audience, they've, they've never dealt with this. Some of our audience is hearing this and saying, man, this, yes, absolutely. Um, so thank you for that. So, so then we talk about like, okay, and again, I, I, I want to be very careful here. I'm not saying what we're going to discuss is, hey, this is how you cure depression. <laughs> okay, I, that, that's not the point of this conversation. But there are, I believe, um, resources out there as well as, as things that we can do to, to help. Um, or maybe you, know, maybe you can speak to as someone who has, has, has dealt with this, what are ways that we can just support people? What are ways that we can help people without, again, increasing shame or, you know, addressing them in a yeah. way that, that's not beneficial for them? 
So uh, it's a great question. And uh, there was an article that I, I had, I got to write a couple of years ago for the Biblical Counseling Coalition that talked about equipping our churches to handle those who are suffering. And I think there are a lot of things we can do as a church uh, to help out. I, I will say, first of all, it's interesting, if, if you're diagnosed with um, degenerative hip disease, or if you're diagnosed with grade two astrocytoma, which is what Carrie was initially diagnosed with, there is a ridiculous amount of consistency across the board as to how, like, how to address it, how to treat it uh, surgically, what medications you want to use. Um, there's tremendous conformity in so many fields of medicine today. The great embarrassment for secular science when it comes to mental health is there is so much variance when it comes to how do you treat depression. Mm. You can, you, you, again, like this is, this is sort of the emperor not having any clothes with the soft sciences. And um, so the, I think the first thing we want, just want to say is globally, this is really challenging. And mm. there's not, there's not the, the same amount of conformity that you'd find um, in different places. Now there's, there's sort of um, areas, you know, counseling. Like uh, the first thing that anyone would say in their right mind w- would be if someone is depressed, they need to be talking, they need to be having meaningful conversations with someone. The thing that depressed people need more than anything else is the one thing that they don't want. And that is they want to be alone and it's the worst thing for them. Yeah. yeah. So, I th- you know, for moms and dads, for students, like when you're depressed, you just want to isolate yourself. That's the absolute worst thing. So the first thing before anything else is, and, I, and I, I think it's good to think in terms of like conservative to more, you know, advanced treatment. The first thing is you just need to be talking to someone, you know, even going back to like Sigmund Freud and classic psychoanalysis, the like <laughs> the hidden secret with psychoanalysis, it was meaningful conversations for a long time over a long period. And I'm just telling you, like if you're sad, but you have the opportunity to go and sit in a safe place with, with no consequences and share your heart, you're going to get, you're going to feel better. Like you're, that's going to help mm. a lot of people. Like that's sort of just, you know, triaging depression. So the first thing I would say is um, don't let people have the one thing that they want, which is to be alone. Really encourage, find ways, even for me, like it, 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 I, felt, I felt like my role in helping my bride is the same thing that I would do for myself in those seasons where like COVID hit, my church was destroyed, I couldn't be around anyone, my wife was sick, I'm locked in my house. I don't know if I'd call that depression. I would call it deep sadness that I didn't know how to, you know, and, and the one thing that did help was pursuing other men that I could sit and just cry with and just share my heart. And, and this, you know, this sucks. I don't know what to, I, I'm, I'm at a loss. I can't, I can't help. I feel worthless. So the first thing I think is having meaningful conversations, you know, and especially, you know, with, with good counseling, I would say normalization. So if we're talking like as a, as a manual Baptist, like you doing this right here, like n- now it's okay for your middle school student, your high school student or college students or moms and dads to say, wow, I, I think I can go and talk about this and not experience shame or, you know, give, be given the scarlet letter because I'm experiencing depression. So I think normalization is something that we can do. And then I think too, like going we're we're not physicians, you know, counselors, pastors, we're not doctors. Yeah. And so we need to stay in our lane mm. and we need to find 
if at possible, believers who are in the healthcare field who start conservatively that can help find certain medications, whether that's, you know, uh, Boost Bar or Trazodone or Prozac or Zoloft. These are kind of the, the typical uh, drugs that people, you know, have been that used to help uh, just and you can you can start very conservatively. Um, sometimes a placebo effect kicks in. Someone's yeah. given a really low dose of Boost Bar, which doesn't do a whole lot of anything. But man, like that placebo effect kicks in and now they feel like they can have conversations and, and talk through, you know, talk through issues. Um, I just go to Brody and just, you know, kind of circling back, like, man, what did you learn about yourself in your in that season where you were at college and you were depressed? What were some of the idols that were failing you? I think that's yeah. really important. Yeah, I think for me it was so my church kind of got ripped from me too. Uh, all my friends. I went to a college with not a lot of people and my degree program was not what I thought it was going to be. Like I was in communications, but I was doing like liberal art and I didn't sign up for that. So it was just unmet. It was almost like unmet expectations met things that I thought would bring me happiness and things that I put above God, idols, like friends, being popular, knowing people. That was all stripped from me. So, I mean, that's absolutely where I think it stemmed from was just the whole you get to this point, you're like, well, great. You know, everything that I looked and leaned upon is gone now. So uh, the beauty in that is it, it was taken from you at 19, 20, True. 21. I think the longer people are successful in their idols, the more they are set up for depression. So we're mm. probably talking to moms and dads now. Like you've successfully pulled off feeling good about yourself because your, your job's been awesome yep. for 30 years. And now it's not. Or you, you felt great because you were beautiful in your mind for 25 years and now you, you're getting older and, you're look, and, and men don't look at you the same way or women don't look at you the same way or you don't look at yourself the same way. I think that's like, again, for, for Carrie, she was so successful in the clinic for so long and then COVID hits, but then she's sick. She was so healthy for so long. She perceived herself as so vibrant and full of life. I think the longer that we, we, you know, we have this perceived success in our idols that kind of get enmeshed with God's blessing, but we're really depending on ourselves and not God's grace to live day by day. I think we set ourselves up. So in counseling, getting at some of those things that maybe have failed us along with if we've experienced trauma uh, like Carrie did, I think is super helpful. I think Carrie would tell you now, there's a greater dependence on Jesus that I didn't have before that than I have now. And mm. she would tell you she's never felt more love. It took brain cancer to show her how incredibly loved she is. So mm. the prayers of the saints, man, you get into some of like the Holy Spirit level stuff that's just above us, um, where Carrie's strength is coming from the joy of the Lord that she's not known before on a supernatural level, that she and Jesus have this thing that's above above me. So I think like we we have these boxes that we want to check. Have we checked the the medical box? Have they you know has someone gone and, and it could be they're not depressed. They have thyroid like they have yeah. thyroid issues. There's yeah. there's phys, there's physiological things that create depression that need to be treated. Um, have are they are they taking advantage of the resources of grace? Are they in church? Are they sitting in the Word? Are they are they in are they in a small group? Is there someone that knows what they're going through? Um, and then, like, is there a good counselor that can ask very just laser-guided questions to the heart, mm. um, those heart-seeking missile questions, 
that they can maybe get at uh, that's producing some I am statements. It's those deadly I am statements that sometimes go back to childhood that um, those seasons, that, the Lord allows us into those seasons of depression to, to do some deep work that is, is stunting our growth. Um, I think that's how I, I perceive 2020 through 2023 for the Carter family is the God, God allowed this horrific train wreck in a medical diagnosis um, to take us, I'll just be honest, guys, we pray more as a couple than we've ever prayed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's embarrassing like that. It, you know, we should, we should have always held hands and, and closed the night in bed in prayer. Like we do now, we didn't do that before 2020. Um, so how do we help with a lot of humility, recognizing that it's above us, um, helping people find good physicians helping them find good counselors and then making sure that they're taking advantage of all the full resources of grace uh, within the church. And we pray like crazy. Yeah. I'm more gentle than I was. Like I don't get frustrated Mm -hmm. at the same, I still lose it from time to time, but um, it's again, it's embarrassing the things I got upset about that. Now I'm just like, you know what? That's, that's not brain cancer. I think, I think I think it'll be okay if I don't respond. <laughs> Could you ever imagine seeing Jimmy Carter frustrated? No, so. that's what I was thinking over here. Like, well, anyway. we clearly aren't hanging out enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we haven't been on the golf course together, I guess. Oh, true. <laughs> uh, you would be frustrated by my golf. You play. would, yes, you would definitely be frustrated by my <laughs> golf. Granted, I haven't picked up a club in like three years. So, yeah. uh, man, Same. brother, I, I want to say I, I really appreciate you just taking the time to to walk through this. Obviously, we are not. Um, uh, qualified to walk through this. I mean, you have more knowledge through biblical counseling than we could probably ever hope to attain. And so, man, what a what a blessing God has been uh, to give you all of that insight, knowledge, that desire, and then how you have stewarded that well uh, through ministry, through your your role here and your family. And we just we can't thank you enough. We mm. we know the hardships and the difficulties, but man, what a what a what a blessing your family has been, even to us, as we've had the joy of praying for you all. Uh, but also seeing you walk through suffering mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. that honors and glorifies the Lord and in a way that then brings what you've learned to a conversation like this where it's going to have impact that would even outreach the walls or the people of this congregation, but to, to you know, whoever might be able to see this and, and, and learn from it. That's a, that's a huge blessing, and we're incredibly humbled just to even be able to sit here and even learn in this conversation with you. Mm-hmm. So thank you for the willingness to do that. Thank you for being a part of this ministry. and. And ultimately, just man, being a faithful servant of the Lord. Yeah. Obviously, you're not perfect. I but. appreciate that, and I'll try and say this without without getting emotional. But one of uh, something that helped us significantly as a family is my daughter's faith, and you guys are a big part of that. Um, one of the biggest blessings of us coming to Emmanuel was that she had a community of student leaders, and had I had to also worry about a 14, 15, 16-year-old daughter on shaky ground um, would have at times made this far, far more challenging. But at times, because of your all's investment and Allison and so many others, at times she was a source of strength for me. You know, I'm watching her in her faith and I'm leaning into her and, and, and I'm, I'm able to have adult conversations. So just so grateful for what you guys are doing. The, the seeds that you're planting in student ministry, like you're getting out in front of depression for a lot of these students because you're, 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 you're grounding them in who God sees them. And I think so much depression in this life is 
futility, like just this, you know, when the idea of losing my wife one of these days, and again, God can do anything, and we're we're believing big things and praying big things, but it was just overwhelming feeling of, I, I can't handle, this will be the end of me, until hearing Paul say, for me to live as Christ and die as gain, mm-hmm. it would be better for me to go, but for fruitful labor, I will remain here with you. And you guys have just preached that message to my daughter. So, man, so grateful for your friendship, but also um, you all have helped me and Carrie significantly by loving on her daughter. So, so grateful, fellas. Thanks, brother. Guys, uh, we appreciate you all taking the time to listen to this. And I would just encourage you, just like Jimmy has said, man, if you are walking through or you uh, have someone that's walking through depression uh, and you're trying to figure out, man, how do how do I get this ball rolling? How do I, how do what do I do? Uh, we are always available. Yeah. We want you to know that the church, this is what we're here for. We want to be stewards of of the gospel in your lives, uh, but we also want to be listening ears. And so you can reach out to us. You can find out more information on how to contact us at ibc.family backslash students. You can email me personally or Brody personally at jakeD at ibclex.com or BrodyT at ibclex.com. We will be happy to do whatever we can to resource you and connect you with the right people. Uh, and again, you know, we don't have all the answers, but we are willing to to walk through and, and, and discover what we could do to benefit you. So thanks yeah. for taking the time to listen to this. Jimmy, thank you again. And uh, hopefully God bless you on this day. And this has been beneficial. Yeah.